Hello and welcome. My name is Phil Airy. This is Trowels and Tribulations. And I'm with my two cohorts. Sarah Owen Hughes. And me, Faith Douglas. So, my name is Phil Airy, and I just thought, I'll introduce myself, really, uh, and what I get up to. So, uh, my name's Phil, I work at Horticap. If you haven't heard of Horticap, well, it's a fabulous place. Over in Harrogate, looks after adults with learning difficulties. I've been doing this job for now 13, 14 years. Absolutely adore it. Been gardening all my life. Started off at Shipley College. Same college as uh, Alan Titchmarsh, to be quite honest with you. Well, what did he do with gardening? Well, there you go. That's just a little bit about me. More to come. But Sarah, over to you. A little bit about yourself. Thank you, Phil. Uh, I'm Sarah. I have been a professional horticulturist for probably about 20 years now. I was lecturing in horticulture for 15 years and I've just moved back into the industry and I'm a pest and disease coordinator in a large commercial glass house. I am a Darwinian gardener so everything is a survival of the fittest in my garden because I've got three children, I've got a dog and I've got a husband who likes digging holes in the lawn so I haven't got the time for plants to be too fussy so they have to really really work hard to earn their keep with me. But that's enough about me. What about you, Faith? Hi, I'm Faith Douglas. Uh, so I am curator of Thorpe Peru Arboretum, which is a 100-acre woodland garden, which is open to the public, which is near Beedale in North Yorkshire. I'm also the owner of Forest Bathing UK, and I lead mindfulness uh, workshops and sessions for groups and individuals using nature as my tool that's my real passion is human beings and and the connection that we have to nature I'm also author of the book The Nature Remedy I live in the middle of the woods I'm mother of four children the keeper of many different animals and I have a partner called Terry brilliant well that's us so now well every week we're going to do a plant of the pod and a job of the pod and uh, so off and so forth. So next it's plant of the pod. Dig them up. So potatoes, you really do need to start getting your potatoes up now. Don't leave them too long. Them slugs are looking for them tasty little uh, potatoes and they are potatoes. Get them dig out. The slugs love them. I love them more. So get them dug out, get them stored into a, a just like the seeds. Needs to be a dry environment, needs to be airy, needs to be um needs to be pretty dark. You don't want a lot of light into there. But they'll store for quite some time. So get them out. But then this is the time to get your autumn and winter vegging. This is a perfect time. And I'll tell you what the best thing is. Sarah, so what's the best thing about doing autumn and winter veg right now? is that the bugs are not going to eat them because they've gone to bed. Exactly, exactly. The best time. So get your autumn veg, things like uh, your spring, your winter and spring cabbage, your purple sprouting broccoli, um, and you can even do chicory or Chinese uh, cabbage, anything like that. Sprouts. Sprouts. Oh, get get your sprouts in, in, love. (laughs) <laughs> we've just dug our potatoes up in our garden actually we've got a, a small allotment in our garden and um oh, it's so exciting there's nothing better than your own homegrown potatoes there really isn't 
And one of the potatoes that we dug up had the most perfect heart shape cut out of it by a little slug. Oh, wow. And my slugs were definitely loving my potatoes. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. I remember going into a primary school and we had some potato towers. And it's a relatively rural school, but the children had never dug them up before. And there's this little boy, his uniform was completely wrecked. And I apologised profusely to the parents afterwards. And he was just digging with his bare hands going, I'm a potato pirate digging for potato treasure. And he was so excited because he thought potatoes came in a bag from the freezer mm. section of the supermarket. And, and seeing and seeing somebody young put one of those seed potatoes in yeah. and then go, what? It's like magic. Then, then you get a whole dozen of them. And that is magical to see that. And that gets them interested in horticulture. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, absolutely. And do you know, do you know what we did as well? We uh, got our first set of seed potatoes in the beginning of this year, and I decided I wanted to plant some more. And this was actually during lockdown. I couldn't actually go out and get any more seed potatoes, so I was like, right, I've got some potatoes in my fridge that I'd got from the supermarket. I literally chopped them in half to yeah. double the amount I had and planted them in the ground. They are the best potatoes. Amazing. It's easy. My my. Gran, uh, who who passed away last year, aged 102, and she was my big gardening inspiration. She um, used to take, and this is something they did in the Second World War, she used to leave the potatoes to sprout in the veg rack, and then she would peel them with a knife, taking the eyes out, and she would plant the potato skin with an eye in it and still get a potato crop. Yeah, That's amazing. Isn't that cool? Do you know that all of the good stuff, all the good nutrients and vitamins is in the potato skin. Yes, So it's yeah. really important when you're cooking potatoes to actually leave the skin on. Yeah. I never take the, the skin off. Is. I never take the skin off. You're too mean to, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm too tight. <laughs> you're just, you just can't be bothered to peel them. That's that, that is the <laughs> other thing. Not to be honest with you, you know, when I see, I see people leave the skin of a baked potato, I just think that is just wrong. That's the best bit. It's the best bit. The best bit. Yeah, I'd rather take the old fluffy stuff out in the middle and have the and have the skin. Yeah. Oh yeah, loaded skin is amazing. Absolutely love them. Perfect. So yeah, people, dig them out. (laughs) So this is the fact of the pod. Did you know that eighty-five percent of all plant life is actually found in the ocean? I did not know that one. There you no. go. Every day's a school day. That's amazing. That's amazing. Wow. Amazing. No, that is you know, that that is brand new information. Mm. Well, you know, we always think about plants living on the ground, don't we? Yeah. We think of them being on the land all the time. And you know, actually, the majority of our plant life is actually underwater, is in the ocean. And the ocean actually makes up most of the planets. There is more water on this planet than there is Earth. So yeah. it kind of makes sense, actually. Yeah. And, and those plants will be aerating and providing nutrients to the rich diversity of life that you've got in the oceans as well. I know that most British seaweeds, in fact, all British seaweeds are edible and not toxic. However, you can't guarantee that things that have washed up onto shore, where they've come through, whether they've come through polluted seas or whether they're actually non-native. So you have to be really quite careful when you're foraging them. Yeah, I and, love seaweed. Mm, I love seaweed. I'm, I'm, seaweed. I don't like seaweed, so there you go. Oh, I love it. You don't like mm. seaweed because it's good for you, It's It's salty cabbage. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I, I'll put salt on my cabbage. 
not the same. It is not the same. No. Having said that, I recently got some seaweed crisps. Yeah. Not my usual type of seaweed that I would eat. Actually, they tasted really weird. Wasn't yeah. kind of, they weren't, they looked more like crisps and less like seaweed. I was very disappointed. So I think I'll stick to my green seaweed. Faith, we need some seaweed crisps. Send them to us. Let's have a taste test. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get down to the Chinese supermarket and get but, some for you. But Faith, that was a that was a good that was fact. A good fact. So my plant of the pod for this time is Cercidophyllum japonicum. It's a large shrub or small tree and it's great for small gardens so I've got it in my front garden it's been there for 15 years and it's probably about three meters tall it's not massive Um, I have pruned it last year and the reason I grow it is because it's got the most incredible leaves you have small oval leaves in the spring and the summer that are green with a sort of red tinge on the stems but it really, really comes into its own at about this time of the year in, in autumn. So as the leaves start to die and senesce, the sugars that the plant has gathered up during the summer start to gather in the leaves and it releases the most incredible fragrance that has been described as toffee apples or candy floss. Um, we've, we've actually had the postman knock on our front door and go, someone's been making caramel. And I've just smiled and gone, <laughs> yeah I haven't um but it's great you can gather the leaves up actually and when they're absolutely dry put them in a bowl on a radiator in the house and again they release these fantastic sugary fragrances is it something you've got at the arboretum faith we have actually and it's one of my favorites um we know it as the katsura tree the common name is the katsura tree that's right um, and a lot of people liken the scent to burnt sugar tree called candy floss and it's really interesting because you can't smell it all the time. No, that's right. And I've actually tried to figure out when it releases the smells, when it's rained, or is it when rain is coming, or is it after rainfall, is it when the sun is shining? I can't make my mind up when yeah. it decides to start smelling, but it smells when it feels like it, basically. It's actually when the leaves are really it. dry, yeah. Yeah, you can smell it for miles. You can be walking mm-hmm. through Springs Wood. And it just hits you, this scent. And it's absolutely gorgeous. I notice it's always the first tree to turn colour in in the autumn. It's always the first, very early in September. And before you know it, the leaves are gone. So it's over very, very quickly. But it's a beautiful tree. Yeah, I'm with you. One of my favourites. Fantastic. And what's not to love about it? It smells like caramel. Exactly. (laughs) It gets my vote. Exactly. Faith Douglas and this is my thought of the pod. I'm a huge tea lover and I'm not talking your builder's tea, your milk with two sugars. I'm talking a great big cup of herbal tea. I love tea. I drink it every single day, be it my chamomile before I go to bed, a cup of refreshing rose hip during the day or my green tea just to kickstart my morning. 
You know, green tea is actually considered to be one of the healthiest beverages on the planet. It's brimming with nutrients and antioxidants and it makes it a great detoxing drink. And it's also great for brain function. It contains caffeine, but less than coffee. So your brain reaps the benefits without that jittery feeling that I know I get if I have a coffee. Now, it's not that hard to make tea from your own garden. It can be made from a variety of widely available herbs, such as mint, basil and chamomile. You can even use cleavers or goosegrass that grow in the hedgerows. Simply pick your own, shake out any insects, wash and steep the leaves or flower heads for a few minutes in hot water, strain and then serve. You might want to add a teaspoon of runny honey for some extra sweetness. Here are my top five go-to herbal teas. Lavender. It's a great addition to any herb garden. It attracts butterflies and bees. It's easy to grow in a border, as a low hedge or even in a pot. It can be used medicinally, cosmetically, a flavouring in foods and also as a tea. It's a great anti-inflammatory and antiseptic. It's antifungal and antiviral. It's often great for boosting the immune system and the scent is calming and great for sending anybody to sleep. Mint. This is an old favourite and is very easy to grow but can actually become an invasive pest if not kept in check. Why not have a go at growing some in a pot close to the kitchen where it's easily accessible and can be kept under control. Mint can be used medicinally in foods and as a tea. Chamomile, one of my favourites. This cheerful little plant is easy to grow in a pot as a border or even in a lawn or as a chamomile seat. Walking upon or sitting on chamomile will release a wondrous scent that soothes and calms the mind. This herb can be used medicinally, cosmetically and as a relaxing tea. Rosemary. This shrubby evergreen does better in a border as it can grow quite large, but it can be grown in a pot too. It can be used medicinally, cosmetically, in food and also as a tea. Lemon verbena. I love this plant. This attractively scented woody plant isn't suited to a frosty area. So here in North Yorkshire, we grow ours in a pot and bring it indoors to overwinter. I can't stop myself having a little squidge of the leaves whenever I come across this plant as it smells so amazing. It can be used medicinally, in food and even as a tea. So now we have a president among us. We have the president of the National Society of Allotments, Mr. Philip Gummersell. Hello there. Hi. How are you doing, my mate? I'm very well, thank you, considering. Oh. Well, I know. Well. It's just a, a crazy world at the moment. It certainly is. It's it's, a... uh, we don't know whether we're coming or we're going. No, but I tell you what, allotments have come right into the fold, haven't they? Oh, they certainly have. They've come right to the fore. It certainly has gone crazy. And some of the waiting lists, uh, well, well, my own site, we, we've got a 700% increase in the waiting list. So. Wow, 700%? Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. It really is. But uh, it's understandable. Mm. For us that's in the know, yeah. well, <laughs> we pe- know all the benefits of having an allotment. And, well, uh, exactly. People were um, sat going, well, we can't get food. Well, grow your own. Yeah. Uh, and uh, 
with nowhere to go, we're locked in. But, uh, I know. The, gov- the government has obviously realised how good they are because they've kept them open. Right, yeah. Well, you well, you couldn't not, could you? You know, um, I mean, we, we all know the benefits of being out there, being in allotments, being in that environment. And, yeah. you know, you've got your allotment and you're socially distant with your allotment. I know that you get together for a natter, but um, it gives you that uh, security, doesn't it? It certainly does. I have I have one chap on my site to make sure that you kept your distance. Just to carry a cane around with him, a six foot cane. Long <laughs> <laughs> did it whip you with it? No, <laughs> we so, get some characters on allotments. <laughs> well, that's it. You know, I mean, I mean, uh, I've got I've got people young, you know, a lot lot younger than me in the twenties getting allotments and loving it, absolutely loving it. Yeah, and the, uh, and the kids are getting involved. The kids are loving it. That's where it all starts. Well, that's the good thing about it. There's a a lot of young families coming on now, all with young children. And uh, like you say, my my uh, my interest, I think, in in growing things started from when I was five. You know, on my dad's allotment. So really, uh, yeah, yeah, it stays with you. It yeah. stays with you. So that's that's what that you got the bug there, did you? I think so, yeah. Mind you, my early career I was in uh, in agriculture for 15 years. So, uh, Really? Yeah. What was that doing? I was a tractor driver. For, uh, oh, man. Uh, Who yeah. doesn't love a good tractor? Come on. You know. <laughs> I know you do. I certainly do, yeah. Boys' yeah. toys, I love it, you know. But, yeah, yeah no, that's yeah, – it's like anybody. You get – you know, I've always been fascinated why people get into horticulture – and 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 our agriculture, but it usually stands from from when you're leaving school. It's it, it it's ingrained, isn't it? Yeah. Well, there's so many different reasons why people do it, though, isn't it? Yeah. Some people just do it for the health. You know, it's it's uh, it's very therapeutic. Yeah. As well, you know, if you've had a traumatic incident, it's uh, recommended that you do a bit of gardening there's nothing better for it no no and i mean i know that uh, there's nhs trusts that have open allotments don't they i know they do, i but... know several that you can just literally turn up and and dig away like you know but yeah i mean allotments i mean they i mean they go back hundreds of years i mean anglo-saxon times i mean probably before that like you know well, um, my own site started just after the First World War. It was uh, opened for the soldiers returning. Yeah. And uh, there's many started up long before that. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so no, it's, it's I was been just... on the go a long time. It has. <laughs> I mean, now, you know, the um, on the Allotments Act 1925, really established allotments in uh, the wider community. Um, yeah. And, you, I, mean, it, I mean, it says here... You cannot sell or convert it uh, into anything else but allotments, but have some been going? Wait, uh, well, uh, uh, uh. yeah, <laughs> we come to the, the difficult bit. Mm. Yeah, we, uh, the National Society, we uh, we try and protect and preserve them. And yeah. uh, if it's a statutory site, it has to go to the Secretary of State to mm. get his approval for disposal. And uh, unfortunately, many councils uh, <laughs> try to twist the truth a little bit. But uh, the big bonus at the moment is 
that um, many developers, mainly down south, unfortunately, are actually providing in allotment sites with their new housing developments. Are they really? Bri- yeah, that's there's brilliant. quite a number. I've, uh, I've just done a, a, a campaign using that argument. You know, there's... Uh, it's, the one that I'm thinking of is in Oxfordshire, but there's lots more. There's some in Lincoln, there's some down uh, in Suffolk. They're, they're all over the place. And that's and that's what it should be, shouldn't it? Let's face it, you know? Yeah. Giving back. Yeah. Giving back to the community. And if yeah. they're building houses, building allotments next to it, that's brilliant. Well, to be honest, new houses don't have much of a garden, do they? No, they don't. They're, you know, they're, they're just little boxes, aren't they? You know, you they need are, so. you need somewhere to get out there. You do. You're quite right. You but need, I, yeah. I mean, I've I've heard so many people just like I've grown potatoes for the very first time, and and so be it. If that's if that's what gets them hooked, you know, then that's that's it, isn't it? That's it's worked. It has. I mean, mm. my. My daughter, I'm not going to t- say her age, but she's, um, <laughs> you know, she's not young and not old. Well, you're, you're not old, obviously, uh, <laughs> Phil. You, you, you are not aged bit. There's nothing she likes better mm. than coming and digging up my potatoes. Yay! And, uh, every year, it's, uh, yeah. it's a treat. You know, there's something yeah. primal about it, isn't there? Yes, yeah. exactly. It's just, I mean, teaching kids from... A, a small seed potato, you can get a bag of potatoes from a yeah. tiny seed. Will grow a cauliflower, or you know, it's amazing just to, to show what what these small little seeds can grow into for kids. They're just it like wow! <laughs> it's a bit of a wow moment, isn't it? Yeah. We first met down at the flower shows. And Harrogate. We certainly did. And, That's a um, long time ago as it well. It is a little bit of a long time ago. So um, I'm not as young as you thought. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I just thought, who's this young whippersnapper doing these uh, flower shows? Um, yeah. But um, I've got to talk about the biggest and the best one you've ever done. Dig for victory. Oh, yes. Uh, that, that was, uh, and followed up with one of the, uh, uh, the Great Yorkshire show where we got yes. Best in Show yes. as well. Yes, so. Best in Show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but that was with the Leeds Allotments Federation. Yeah. And, uh, to yeah. be honest, it was a team effort. It was. There was a lot of a lot of people there, and it had to be because it was, it was massive. It was yeah. very big. You well, know, it wasn't a big team. We only had about eight or ten of us. Really? And, uh, yeah. But it looked it looked fantastic. It looked. We were it very looked, proud of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, you got it on the TV. You got it all over the radio. I think really got people's imagination when they saw that it's just yeah. huge are you self-isolating you know with this covid stuff unfortunately i i was shielded for 12 weeks mm. uh, well 11 and a half in actual fact <laughs> i counted the days mm. but, uh, yeah i was shielded and there again allotments came into the fore because uh, my friends at the allotments looked after me plot they planted me potatoes they planted me onions mm. and uh it was quite humbling. They, they were fetching veg around every week off the ah, plot. It was, that's uh, lovely. That's community working again, isn't it? Friends, it is. community. It's, it's, although it's an awful thing, is this pandemic. It has brought a lot of good things out mm. in some some respects. There's some bad things as well. But, yeah. uh, there has some, been some positives brought for. The future The future looks good for allotments, in, in, when I can see. What do you think? 
I, I think it. I, I, you know, allotments go up and down in uh, in uh, the demand. And, but I think, to be honest, this time, I think it's going to stay for quite some time. Mm. I, um, you know, people are so uncertain about the future and uh, not too sure where everything's going to come from. Would like to be involved. I think uh, exactly. It's just a it's just a, a fab thing to do. I mean, I don't have the time for an allotment right now, but I am definitely getting one when I retire. I'm telling you now. I'm... Well, don't wait while you retire, because I'll tell you, <laughs> it's hard work. <laughs> when you retire, <laughs> you're that busy. <laughs> well, I've been more, you know, really busy since I retired. I know. But you just you're just doing you're busier than ever. Yeah, it's just. Uh, but at least you're not on the road as much. No, that's well, not at the moment. This, to be honest, the first three weeks when it all erupted mm. and there was lockdown, and before I got shielded, it was like heaven. It really was. Really, uh, you know, all my appointments were cancelled, and I was mm. round at the allotment every day for about uh. three weeks, and it was uh, it was really nice. But then, okay. if we didn't have people like you, Phil, talking about allotments and, and really praising them, then uh, it, there might not be the allotments we have today. It takes you and the community of allotment people talking about this. It's got them in the forefront now. That's true, yeah. And uh, we, we are spreading the word pretty wide. I've, mm. I've got contacts in the House of Lords as well. I'm, uh, oh, hello there. Well. Hello there. Oh, my <laughs> lordy lord. Um, uh, I'm not saying who they are, but uh, no, but, no, uh, that's fine. Well, have you got yeah. any? Have you got any celebrities that? Uh... No, no, no. Oh, you know, I, I bet well, you haven't. Yes, you just I have. sorry. There's that. Uh, we got a guy called uh, Philary in. Really, uh, really. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he. Uh, apparently, he's he, he's he thinks. Quite a star. Yeah, he's a, <laughs> he's above himself. I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. So for the for the moment, Phil. Thank you very much indeed. It's a pleasure. It's my pleasure. Right, Phil. We're going to go down to your secret allotment. So when you're ready, let's have a little walk down. So, Phil, you're going to tell me... What is your allotment? What what will it look like? Is it going to be formal, tidy? Is it going to be natural? Is it going to be overgrown? I don't know. What would it look like? Well, ideally, it's going to be reasonably formal, but um, quite mixed. It, it's going to have lots of veg, mm. and it's also going to have flowers in, intergrown with them because uh, I do like some cut flowers mm. for home. And I do like to see bright colours. Yes. So, um, and it also brings in the insects, exactly. which is the pollination. Exactly, yeah. People think we need to get rid of them all the time, we have to get rid of them. Well, it's about yeah. encouraging the wildlife in, who will then feed off those uh, pesky insects. Yep. But they can be quite a pest, actually, some of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, there are there are ways and means of uh, dealing with them, uh, um, such as the pigeons. You know, you only need yeah. to net your uh, your uh, pro- produce, and uh, you can keep them at bay. Yeah, right. So I'm going to give you your first construction. 
Is it going to be a shed, a glass house, coal frames? What's going to be your first construction? What's the go-to construction to have on your land? It's going to be a polytunnel. No, no question about that whatsoever. So why a polytunnel? Why a polytunnel? Well, greenhouses, uh, the ones with plastic uh, sheets in, they blow out in the wind. The ones with glass, you know, they're a risk mm. um, of getting broken. Yeah. The polytunnel, they're, they're ideal. And if you get good quality sheeting, there's no condensation on the inside. The one thing I do... Uh, a lot of people close off their polytunnels at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never close my doors at either end. I always have some mesh on it, so it's, we've got a constant uh, flow of air through. Yeah, because uh, it can uh, yeah it can really get stale in there, can't it? Yeah, it can get mildew forming mm. and all sorts of things. So. Yeah, good but, idea. Uh, That's a handy little hint, that. They're very handy. And, and the other thing that I do, I, um, I, I would have... Um, African or French marigolds planted in there to keep the white fly at bay. Really? Yeah, it's a, a good uh, deterrent for the white fly. I've never had white fly in my polytunnel. Right. Yeah. Ooh, nice one. So now I'm gonna. You're also gonna take a, a gardening tool with you. Uh, one that you you know is a gardening tool you just can't do without. Is that first one you you know? Have you had a garden tool that you've had for years and years, and you just need it all the time? The one I'm going to take is um, I would need other things, mind, but uh, the the thing that I do enjoy is digging. Yeah, and uh, good. I'm, I'm going to take a, a good quality stainless steel spade with me. But, uh, yeah, I've I've had one for, for since I was in my twenties and. Now I'm just slightly older than that, um, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> well, I, I, I um, at my at my existing site, yeah, um, yeah I uh, have a, a a gentleman next to me is in his eighties now, and he can dig a lot faster than I can. Mm. He he gets a lot more covered, but when you see his spade, you understand why because he's. he's it's only a hundred mil deep. It's oh, away to nothing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Mine, mine's taking the full full spit out. Where yes. He's taking like a third. Yeah, so. a little bit out. Yeah, yeah. No wonder he can do it a lot faster. But I've it's seen fair. them. They are they are they are really quick. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, good a good spade with a good, a good handle spade. that won't break on you. Well, that, that's interesting actually. If you get a good quality one with a good company, I'm not going to say the company mm-hmm. name either. But I had one. I got one for my retirement, and uh, it, I used it for nine years on the allotment. And finally, the blade just cracked across the middle. I right. took a photograph, sent it off. They had a brand new one there the following day. I the... couldn't believe it. So it pays to get a good quality with a good yeah. company. Well, you can make the you can mention the company. It's all it's only our players, isn't yeah. it? Well, it was a Spear and Jackson. To Spear be honest, and Jackson. That. Yeah, and yeah. I've used, uh, there's, there's two companies I use, but, uh, yeah. Right. So, okay then, so I'm going to give you, if you want them, I'm going to give you chickens. Would you want chickens on your land? I wouldn't want them on my allotment. Uh, I, I would like chickens. I've had chickens at home. Um, if it's an individual allotment, then yes. 
Yeah. But on an allotment site, I'm not yeah. quite um, happy about uh, chickens because no, no. they, they can make quite a mess, to be honest. And they can. Make the site looks quite ugly. But Phil, but, um, this is your secret one. This is your this secret is one. Secret Nobody one, can then see it. I would it. have chickens. I would have four chickens. <laughs> four chickens. Four chickens. I, I and uh, give yeah. them plenty to roam about in. And uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you see, they eat everything. So they're good to have around, aren't they? They're good fun they as are. well. They're, they're very good. And, and there's nothing like a fresh egg. Is oh, it? I know, I know. <laughs> and when they get looked after, they're happy chickens, happy eggs. Yeah, yeah you yeah. know what I mean. But. You allow some more livestock or animals. What else would you take down there? I don't think I would. Right. I, would, I wouldn't. I, 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 not at all. No. 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 But I, um, um, yeah, the, quite happy with my chickens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's why I think it's a they're a go-to thing out there. You know, chickens. Chickens just give so much. So yeah, even now the chickens. Do. Yeah, absolutely. Have you got... So, what would be your favourite plant that you're going to take down there? I know there's so many... I'm grow. <laughs> no, you're going to take it down in a in a pot. You're going to take it down there. Right. That's going to be your favourite... I mean, we've all got favourites, and we've got lots of different plants. But what would you take down? It's going to be a, a Victoria plum tree on a dwarf stock. Ooh, nice. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I've got Having you. said that, I've just been uh, tasted some green gauges, and uh, wow! <laughs> really? Yeah, but um, no, I think I'd go for a Victoria. I, I, uh, they do very well. Yeah. And uh, so, right, so so you're gonna have your Victoria plum. I'm gonna yeah. give you three packets of seed, one veg, one herb, and one annual bedding plant. What right. would you go for? Okay, uh, well, the veg, it's going to be winter cauliflowers. Right. I love winter vegetables because the creepy crawlies don't get them. Yeah, exactly. I grow winter yeah. cauliflowers and they're ready in May before the slugs get going. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've had a real bumper year this year with my cauliflowers. Really? really? I, I, I start them off in my poly, polytunnel, mm, yeah. which I would be doing, and... Uh, and I transplant them out. And last year, I left probably 10 seedlings at the end of the row. And I thought, oh, I'll leave them. They might, might do something. It's been the best move I ever made. Really? I've been eating cauliflowers since May. And I picked my last one last week. It's, and I tell uh, you what, a lot of people throw the, uh, the green, green ear away. That's the best that's the, no, I, I'm not keen on the green, to oh, be honest. Oh, I love it. A few it. of the little succulent ones around the cauliflower mm. itself are fine, yeah. But um, Chop I them up with a bit of butter then. See, so oh. nothing goes to waste. Yeah, exactly. Compost it. <laughs> You've got a compost bin there. That's, right. that's, 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 a, that's a given. So that's my seeds. So that's your seeds. So the herb. herb. You can take a packet of seeds for herbs. Uh, that's a difficult one, is that? Yeah. I, I don't grow many herbs. All seeds, right, then. Not. And I'm, I'm not a, a, a super whiz kid gardener, you know. Yeah. I just stick them in and grow them and eat them. Hey, listen, and... that's the best one to be. <laughs> but uh, if, if I went for anything, I think it'd be uh, uh, mint. Mint, yeah. Mint, yeah. Yeah. You can you can make mint tea out of it in your allotment. It's um, it grows it's a... lovely with brand new potatoes. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. 
And if, then, if you if you if you boil some small new potatoes up, and, yeah, uh, a bit of uh, yogurt and mint, and, and let them cold. You know, eat them cold. Lovely. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. annual bedding. Annual bedding. Yes. Now, this is a difficult one because, uh, like I say, I do do an in bloom group. So annual bedding. I don't do much for bedding on my own, but I do like polyanthus. Mm, yeah, yeah. And um, but what I do tend to grow every year. Can we go to bulbs as well? You can absolutely. Ah, gladioli. Right. I yeah. love gladioli. Yeah, they're they're yeah. they're a show plant, aren't they? They are. Yeah. They're grand. Yeah, and they'll yeah, they'll. You don't they'll... have to be a genius to grow them either. No, <laughs> and they'll bring in the buzzy bees. Yeah, they will. Yeah, that's a good idea. And is there anything that you wouldn't have? Is there a plant that you just think, oh my, don't come onto my land? <laughs> Bindweed. Bindweed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I'm with uh, you on that one. Yeah. No, I'll have a go at anything, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, re- yeah. I remember one year I put some radishes in and uh, I got this great big white thing developing. <laughs> it was like Jack and the Beatles. It grew and it grew, and it got to about three foot long. It was a bit like a mara shape, but massive. And it turns out it's some Chinese radish, isn't it, or something? Really? It's got a, it's got a fancy name, anyway. Mm. Uh, one of the seeds must have got mixed in. It was uh, it was quite interesting to yeah. watch it. I ate it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know what it was, but you ate it anyway. <laughs> Yeah, well, you're still here, so uh, yeah, yeah, it's done all right. So, uh, so right yeah. then. So now you 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 sat in your uh, your your polytunnel. Um, what's your brew? What are you bringing down to your polytunnel? I, I, I don't sit and I don't bring a brew down. To be oh. honest, I'm too busy. Oh, I, uh, Phil, come on. Yeah, I I, uh, I just drink water from tap. To oh, be honest, you know, you're a simple man, fella. Simple man. I, uh, I I do have a I I do have a little stove and I've got some um, coffee grounds there, but I, not grounds, coffee, instant coffee. But uh, I never I never get round to making it. No, don't you, you ever know? go down to your allotment and sit there and just enjoy what you've just done, dug over and sit there with a book or listen to the radio? Oh no, no, I I can sit and look at uh, what I've been doing. Uh, I don't want the distractions. It's uh, right. peace and tranquility. Ah, uh, so, yeah, uh, yeah. But I, I just like to to see nature. To be honest, it's, uh, I don't so, need distractions of books and uh, no, no, and I'm, radio. I don't, I don't like radio on the allotment. No, no. Yeah, no. I want peace and com- tranquility. Well, then that comes to my next question, but and the final one: What yeah. does that allotment mean to you? Eh. <sighs> Well, like I say, it's like mm. heaven. So um, yeah, I'm walking on air when I'm there. Really, yeah, exactly. you know, it's uh, it's the be all and end all. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, and I've loads of friends there. Yeah, well, that's it. <laughs> Which can can be quite detrimental, actually. <laughs> uh, you know, you go around it, it takes you an hour to get to your plot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, not not in this day and age so much because no. we're keeping our distance. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least you get the you get the the camaraderie with the other people, don't you? 
Certainly do. Yeah, yeah. certainly oh, do. Oh, nice one. Yeah. Right. Well, I I quite like your allotment. I like your secret allotment. I'd go there. Yeah. I'd be going there. So. Oh, I certainly would. <laughs> oh, bless you. Oh, thanks a lot, Phil. Thanks for being on our uh, our podcast, our new podcast. It's thank, my pleasure. Thank thank you, Mr. President. It's my pleasure. God bless you. <laughs> National Allotment Society, by the way. Yeah, that, yeah exactly. What's that? Yeah. www what? Nsalg.org.uk. And we'll find we can find all the information on that website. You certainly can. Oh yes, and you're, are, are you are you computer literate? Are you good on the computer? <laughs> <laughs> what are you well, at? I use it. I use it a lot, but I wouldn't say I'm computer literate. No, oh. <laughs> I quite often press the wrong button. So, that the, are you saying there's somebody else that might be putting the information on? No, no, I put loads there of information go, on. Uh, uh, I can cope. I sometimes <laughs> make mistakes. <don't> I? <laughs> But, oh, uh, but I wouldn't call myself computer literate by no, any means. No, but you, but but there's loads of information on that website, and we'll put it on our uh, link as well. There is lots yeah. of information. Ah, well, we'll we'll make sure we'll make sure it's on our link, and everyone will get to know about it. So, uh, thank you very much, Phil Gummersell. <laughs> well, there you go. Our very first podcast so if you liked it subscribe it's worth it well until next time keep it green